right. As you can tell from the music, it's time for another bonus episode of 2233. But this one is extra special, extra sweet. You, in fact, should listen to it extra loud. For dear listener, you have tuned into our 50th episode, 5-0. And in honor of this milestone, we decided to throw ourselves a little musical party featuring musicians we've hosted on previous episodes or episodes soon to come, and looking back on some truly magical live performances in our little nook. As Bob Marley once said, one good thing about music, when it hits you, you feel no pain. In fact, as we've come to learn, it brings pleasure and understanding and love. You're listening to 2233, a podcast of exchange stories. There's just a feeling to to this and that. Um, you know, there's something. Nothing's quite resolved. And still. <sighs> we're home. You know, there's there's a journey that's that's uh, that's just woven into the the fabric of harmony. Yeah. This week, sampling music from around the globe, the world according to JP and Nina, and more little nook performances than you can shake a stick at. Join us on a journey from the United States all over the world for a special bonus 50th episode affirmation that sometimes, oftentimes. Music is the answer. It's 2233. We report what happens in the United States, warts and all. These exchanges shaped who I am. When you get to know these people, they're not quite like you. You read about them. They are people very much like ourselves. And that's what we call cultural exchange. Yes. My name is Nina Marie. I work in the cultural programs division here at the Bureau of Educational and Cultural Affairs. And with me in the studio is J.P. Jenks. Well, thank you, Nina, very much. Uh, so, yes, I count myself, like Nina, among the few very, very fortunate people here in Washington, D.C., they get to work on cultural diplomacy programs, extending American tradition in music, in dance, in literature, in film, uh, in poetry around the world to audiences that have never experienced American uh, culture, but actually that may never also have experienced an American. We carry on the legacy that began during the Cold War with the Jazz Ambassadors Program. Uh, so really, our grandparents in this program are people like Louis Armstrong and Dizzy Gillespie and uh, the, you know, the list of other uh, distinguished jazz musicians. But we expanded the program from jazz because, you know, American music is more than jazz. 
great many popular music traditions globally today are, are type musical genres that originated here. So gospel, bluegrass, for instance, indigenous uh, American music, Zydeco, uh, Cajun music, those types of music forms, and uh, even something like chamber folk. And if you listen to Harpeth Rising on this podcast, you would have heard Jordana and her group uh, performing chamber folk. <laughs> speaking to Carla Canales the other day. She is one of our alums who also has been on this podcast, and I think we'll hear a bit of her music a little bit later. And she said, look, music and singing takes you to a place that is beyond words, that is emotional, that is where people can connect on a level that may not be available to them otherwise. And that's very important. That's how you build bridges. And I think that's an excellent, excellent argument for this. Here along the highway, there's a rhythm to the day. And if you listen to it sideways, it'll almost slip away. If you're searching for a purpose and a God that doesn't speak, Will you realize that it's all one big game of hide and seek? So where do we go? What were you hoping for? Everything is gonna be alright Let go of the troubles on your mind It only takes three deep breaths and a beat in your chest to know that you'll start over again Everybody's working To make it up the hill Every day's an opportunity Do with it what you will It's all about the balance it's all about the pace Well, if you only see the finish You're gonna miss out on the race So where do we go? What were you hoping for? Everything is gonna be alright Let go of the troubles on your mind It only takes three deep breaths And a beat in your chest Know that you'll start over again Use me as an armrest I'll use you as a crutch We all need someone to lean on Even if it don't mean much So love me like a brother You can love me like a friend one way or another, I'm gonna love you till the end Everything is gonna be alright Let go of the troubles on your mind It only takes three deep breaths and a beat in your chest To know that you'll start over To know that you'll start over to know that you'll start over again 
is uh, Derek Nelson and family. The story I'll tell about sort of this this song, they had actually returned from a tour, and we were singing sort of Christmas carols throughout this building. No one knew they were coming. Imagine in your office, and those three voices appear like angels walking through the cubicle environment, and you it was almost looked like uh, squirrels and cave mice that were poking their head out. Like, what is that? And it's just... Beautiful. And it's so much more powerful. The moment you say, these three are true siblings. These are two brothers and a, and a sister. And it, it really was dumbfounding. So we, we, we got bold and we decided, well, if it worked, it's sort of in the basement and the, where our offices are. Let's take it up to the top floor and let's just walk in where the assistant secretary of state sits in her office and does her work. And so we did that. We stood out in the foyer uh, outside all of these offices with wood paneling and these other sorts of things. And that song you just heard, uh, they just kicked into that uh, that melody, that harmony, and started singing. And the same thing happened. These senior officers had no idea what was going on, but they were curious. And so they poked their head out and they wanted to listen. It's magnetic. They it, That song drew them in and they wanted to know what is this and why is, you know, how is this in our office? And it's, I was so proud to say, well, ma'am, this is, this is uh, Derek Nelson and family just returning from tour. This is uh, three artists that are part of your program. And she had, she had known that, but she wasn't expecting them to appear as they did uh, in that way. And, you know, that experience is legendary now. That, that People tell the story about how artists in this program just appear at random places around this building <laughs> and other buildings and, and it, uh, you know, sort of in the bureaucracy to share this sort of thing. You know, now they're playing, uh, they just played the, the national anthem and sang at the mm-hmm. stadium at Portland Trailblazers, one of the championship games. And they're just fantastic. Uh, you know, they're just hometown heroes. These are three great artists that uh, home communities love and now the world is getting to know. Rihanna tells a story when she was in Albania about how she was up on stage and she invited these women, these young girls to come up on stage with them. And, and you know, young girls in Albania were not sort of encouraged by their family to do sort of that sort of thing. You blend in, you don't stand out. And just in the course of about 20 or 30 minutes, she proved that that was not uh, the case for every girl in the world, that it's okay to come up and let your voice be heard and have fun. And, you know, by the end of that, all of the students that were in that audience were clapping for all their fellow students because they had the courage to go up and do it. But it started out, you didn't know how it was going to end, right, when Rihanna started bringing these girls up. You know, it reminds me of um, something that Jordana said. It's actually part of one of her lyrics. She said, it sounded like a thousand birds singing uh, who never knew the confines of a cage. And in a way, that is kind of a moniker for what happens on these tours. You know, just the the voice, the willingness, the courage to stand up uh, as American musicians in front of these these audiences breaks some kind of threshold. It, and it's it's wonderful, I think, for them to experience. Artists are risk takers. It's a mark of American culture. And it's also a mark of an independent, mature human being, it, being able to take risks. So when we send these artists... Um, overseas we they don't appear on you know a symphony stage typically we put them into settings that demonstrate that this is a very person to person very intimate kind of connection what do you see do we get another chance today we nearly lost the city to the fires last year the year before that But we rebuilt all the storefronts Along the main drag And the earth 
given time And those who stay know what remains here Isn't fear or devastation or flight Rising, it was just such a, it was a revelation. Anybody who uses Euclidean in a lyric is my hero. <laughs> uh, so if you're not familiar with Harpeth Rising or you're not following them on Facebook, you know, you're missing out. What you just heard, that song, that clip from that song, they're being who they, you know, they're being themselves. And so that's why I think it's so powerful. And especially with Jordana and Michelle and um, Maria, that, those three girls. Imagine that. So you've got that voice and Jordana's center voice uh, supported by a banjo, which they never even saw in Cambodia. By the kids wanted to know what is that. And then this cello coming in, you know, this sort of earthy bass 
tones coming in. It just it just stunned audiences. It's called chamber folk. We're cultural bureaucrats. So we have that support of a large federal bureaucracy to do things that are ultimately a kind of a heart-to-heart, hand-to-hand connection and literally hand-to-hand because they teach. These artists teach and they, you know, teach people how to hold a violin bow or whatever it is. So that's truly amazing. And most governments do not have that. It's also a uniquely American enterprise. We have preserved this investment and I'm very uh, happy that we have. That, ladies and gentlemen, was Worthmouth, an absolute favorite in Angola, Lithuania, Latvia, Estonia, and Belarus. He's amazing. He's just universally beloved. Talk about an artist who's got universal reach by going on State Department programs one at a time. He's going to Angola for the second time this summer. Um, Really, really enjoyed it, and they enjoy having him there. He's played the Smithsonian music, year of music. Uh, Absolutely anybody who comes in contact with that guy is just so impressed. And he exudes just joy and goodwill, which is appropriate because he is also working with the Baltimore Symphony to do, he is doing the Ode to Joy with new lyrics. And he's a fantastic lyricist too. I'm sitting here feeling ashamed of my, you know, Masters of Arts and Poetry and Creative Writing because these people can write like nobody's business and I need more words. I'm a teacher of the masses, Malcolm X with the glasses, a lecture in your classes, blast is never blasphemous. Shine brighter with no lighters, internal fire, true writer. Back in the day, call me that typewriter. Lyric space, bars are never cut and paste. Word, I'm your saving grace. People, not as no debate. I make it okay. Oh, hey, let me get that ear. Diamond in that rough for the touch of your mom's loving care. A new age, new plague is in a flux. Everything is online, newspapers drying up. Technology, the universal remedy. We used to read books, now them libraries empty. I got my mind made up Talk to the world, I'ma do it straight up Never act fake or never played up Now stop, wait up, stop, wait up And rise, rise, rise I hope you're ready, I hope you're ready I'ma tell it to him, I'ma tell him that I see the world through a telescope I tell a hope and let me quote Faith, let me be the Pope Stress, let me stop the stroke The education, the desperation, the learning Kids become the vermin, the future is so uncertain Sex since you 15, your love esteem is evident, your innocence is gone, and your baby needing benefits, jobs, your house, your dreams, and your spouse, if knowledge could be the key to proceed to work it out. Flip the mic, switch full, clip of my two cents, I'm due to vent, when sharing my thoughts, they turn to events. Take the podium, pressing this revolution, blessing your institution with love you're not refuting, so. I got my mind made up, talk to the world, I'ma do it straight up, never act fake or never played up, now stop, wait up, stop. Wait up and rise, rise, rise. I hope you're ready, hope you're ready. I'ma tell it to him, I'ma tell him that. You gotta believe. He, he has this whole persona, right, that, that kind of goes with the genre. But 
it's joyful and it's not um, um, it's not sort of conflict oriented. He's all about, in fact, resolution and empowerment and self esteem and you know um, achievement and aspiration, which are sort of big words, but kids absolutely relate to him. I have a story that comes from a little bit of a different department. We have a publicly listed email address that people can send stuff to. And uh, I got an email one day from this student from a university in Malaysia who says, I am a student and I'm studying international relations and I am doing a thesis on State Department support for hip-hop diplomacy. Help me out. You know what? If students in Malaysia are doing theses on State Department support for hip hop diplomacy, we're doing something right. Uh, you know, Tony, I think, is an American icon. Um, you know, he's the hero that hasn't been discovered because he's, 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 you know, the hometown dad. Um, you know, he's got an NGO, a non-government organization that he founded himself, like many of our artists do. It's called the Lucky Finn Project. Uh, you probably know from his podcast that Tony was born sort of with half an arm uh, and uh, taught himself at a very young age to play the guitar that you were just hearing. Uh, you wouldn't know. Uh, but when someone like Tony sort of appears in front of an audience, you know, people sort of hold their breath for a second. They're not quite sure what to expect. Uh, he's been extremely effective for us in uh, programming uh, in communities overseas where there are um, uh, disabled uh, audiences or maybe, say, victims of conflict that have lost limbs, but also, you know, in uh, orphanages and uh, homes in, uh, with kids that uh, were born also like him and, and uh, how he inspires us. Gotta get that grit. Just an extraordinary artist, a wonderful person, uh, warm, loving, intimate, reachable, accessible. You know, he's, he's, he, he communicates just by his presence all of these American values you know, that we sort of put up on the, on the uh, marquee, that that's what it means to be Americans. And uh, he's, he's a fantastic uh, cultural envoy for us.
This is when we think we have the coolest jacket. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> good singers. Yeah. My goodness. All right. <laughs> that requires a high five. Now's the time. <laughs> and I think that's what a lot of our artists, that's what they report. They come back and they tell us that they think they're going out to share their music and transform foreign audiences. And what happens in return is they become transformed by that experience. And forevermore in their performances around the United States and what it is they do, that experience is imprinted on them. So I want to give you an example of how I will use samples from the AMA trip to inspire new songwriting ideas. I'm going to start with this sample from Mongolia, which is of a horsehead fiddle. And I have this on a little tape machine, so I'm going to slow down the tape machine and sort of detune it. And I'm going to cut this first end of the sample, which I like. I'm going to add a kick drum. And that flute sound is something that I sampled from a whistle in Ukraine. That'll now become the pad. And I'm going to add these marimba parts, which I sampled at a university in China. They come in here. I had my friend Kelly play violin. I added some bass and a few other instruments, and we got a song. There's a string that's tied, aligned inside. Can you hear it shiver? I've been listening all day to mine along the yellow river. Same static, same stars, same sadness in a different car. A strange pattern, a world apart, below the surface is the same heart. These programs are, I'll, I'll call them dirt cheap for effect, because com compared to other types of 
programs where we where we try to impress upon the world American values and American way of life and democracy and human rights and these sorts of things. These programs are every bit, if not more effective, at really making a change and transforming an audience or a population. Let's call them populations. But they do it one person, one family, one community at a time. You know, so it's that sort of the sort of the grassroots approach to um, reaching uh, foreign audiences. I think it's really important what you just said, what JP just said about transforming people one person at a time, because at the core of the of our vision of the world and what we would like the world to look like is the sense that every human being is valuable, and that is also at the core of democracy. Right, you cannot have democracy if you feel that one group of people is different from another group of people and has more rights or fewer rights. That's that's just not going to lead to an equitable society. Frequently, that's of course not how it is in the real world. So the arts are unique at providing that experience of democracy. When you're making art or when you're engaging with the art, your soul meets that piece of work on its own terms. You're affected independently of your circumstances, of what country you're in, of who is surrounding you. Nobody can tell you to like a song or not to like a song, to like a painting or not to like a painting. And our artists, which is, we, we understand this, and our artists, when they go out, they don't just perform, they also teach. Because the experience of creating art is to me, at least, is an, also an ultimate kind of independent and sovereign experience that you can have. And I think JP will second me because he's a musician. Because when you're trying to write a song or you're trying to write a poem, which is what I do, I'm a poet, when you fail, you fail yourself. And when you succeed, you succeed yourself. There is nobody you can blame for that. And to have that experience, artists constantly experience failure and success and iteration. And they to overcome fear of failure. They know how to overcome difficulties. They're just, they don't necessarily think about it explicitly, but they're just so independent and so autonomous. And that experience, when you can have it and live it, as our audiences do when the artists teach, it is just transformative. It really translates to other spheres of life and changes the people's experience. There's nothing new about the rain on the roof this morning I've heard it all before It's like the bird outside my window is calling There might be something more Speaking through the silence of the sunrise Like their song and water have something to say I don't know if it's you I don't know if it's me I don't know who's painting the picture I see I don't know if it's true I don't know what it means But I'm still looking I'm still looking There's a six-year-old standing on the edge of a parking lot 
see him to the car Reaching for his older brother To take his hand and lead him to the car How can such a casual reflection Feel today more like a souvenir I don't know if it's you I don't know if it's me I don't know who's painting the picture I see I don't know if it's true I don't know what it means But I'm still looking I'm still looking For a sign that you are with me this voice of yours is more than distant banter Other people try explaining But I still have more questions than answers I don't know Is it you? Is it me? Who's painting the picture I see? I don't know if it's true I don't know what it means But I'm still looking I don't know if it's you But I want it to be I'm still looking And I remember my grandmother telling me at one point If you really want to see something, ask a blind man And if you really want to hear something, ask a deaf There's sort of an irony there, but I have found in my own life that that's true You know, you go through training to become a diplomat And one of the, there's a whole class on nonverbal communications And the fact that you know, more than a very large percentage of communications, you know, put a number on it, 80 or 90 percent of your ability to communicate with someone else is absent any words at all. It's the nonverbal. Seth is one of those artists that really kind of instinctively gets that. I think if you've listened to his podcast, you know, his, his vocation uh, to help others, and it comes out in, in his music, but not just in the words. I, I was hearing a story about how an audience that did not speak English was listening to one of these songs that he had that, uh, you know, his vocal quality is so crisp and so distinct, really different in a way. And at the end of the song, although they did not know the words, they were crying, right? And so it's how did that, you know, how, that, that emotional connection, absent sort of what the words meant, still somehow communicate the depth of what uh, Seth was communicating in his song. So Carla is, is just an incredible soul. She's just amazing. She is so articulate about what we do and the power of cultural diplomacy and just the power of an individual artist. She uh, has a project called Hear Her Song. Her eyes light up when she talks about it. And so I came back to the office and I was like, I, I better look up some more about what she told me. So I looked her up. She's an opera diva. I had never met an opera diva in my entire life. 
So next time I made sure when she was in town, I went and uh, heard her presentation and her singing at the National Gallery. The the heartwarming story that Carla talks um, tells about her experience as an arts envoy, I think it was 2011 maybe when she went, and she went to Mexico because she speaks Spanish. She told me that changed her life. That changed the course of her career. She decided she was when she was ready to start looking for what's next, the program gave her the idea of what is possible. And that's just so important. We want American artists to experience that. We want them to have that option. And now she has an NGO and she's raising money independently and she's done cultural summits and cultural exchange work and like around the world. And it just lights her up. It's her passion.
I mean, it's, so I, and Nina and I were asking ourselves, why are they bringing us down here for, you know, to record a podcast? And it's, it was a bit of a mystery to us, but now we think we understand better. And that is, well, this episode of 2233 marks the 50th episode. So it was a good time to sort of take a break and put a comma and an exclamation point, And I guess bring some of us in and explain sort of how these programs work. Live music at work. 52 weeks in a year. So many stories to tell. The 50th is on. How many states in the Union? 50. What's half a hundred? Wow, you know, we're on to something here. Thirty-three is produced by The Collaboratory, an initiative within the U.S. State Department's Bureau of Educational and Cultural Affairs, better known as ECA. My name's Christopher Wurst. I'm the director of The Collaboratory. 2233 is named for Title 22, Chapter 33 of the U.S. Code, the statute that created ECA. And our stories come from participants of U.S. government-funded international exchange programs. In this special bonus episode, we look back at some of the amazing musicians we've met so far on this 2233 journey, including Derek Nelson and family, Harpeth Rising, Wordsmith, the Tony Memel Band, Seth Glear, and Carla Canales, who between them have represented the United States on behalf of ECA as arts envoys and as part of the American Music Abroad program. For more about cultural programs and other ECA exchange programs, check out eca.state.gov. We encourage you to subscribe to 2233, or else you're going to get exclusive little note performances. And while you're at it, we'd love to hear from you. 
You can write to us at ecacollaboratory at state.gov. That's E-C-A-C-O-L-L-A-B-O-R-A-T-O-R-Y at state.gov. Photos of each week's interviewee and complete episode transcripts can be found at our webpage at eca.state.gov2233. Massive special thank you to all of the artists we've interviewed and who have shared their talent and passion, not only with us, but with appreciative people all around the world. Featured music recorded live in our little nook was Three Deep Breaths by Derek Nelson and Family, Early Riser by Harpeth Rising, Gems of Wisdom by Wordsmith, Never, 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 Never Going to Give Up by the Tony Memel Band, and I'm Still Looking and Love is a Language by Seth Clear. Also heard were two instrumentals by Wordsmith, Force and The Promise, Love Knows How to Find You by Seth Clear, and Legend of the Phoenix by Carla Canales, which is part of the Hear Her Voice series from the Canales Project. Music at the top of this episode was Quatrefoil by Poddington Bear, and the end credit music is Two Pianos by Tagir Lius. Until next time. So who are, um, the, who are the bands that are going to be representing American music abroad in 2019 and 2020? These are the lucky bands that don't know where they're going yet. They, have, they, they know they're picked, but they have no idea where they're going right. to go. That's right. From 300 people, 300 applications, which everybody's encouraged to go look at the uh, website if you Google American Music Abroad uh, Association of American Voices. You can see them. And they have been picked from 300, winnowed down to 40. And we have... The lucky few that we will now name from Los Angeles, California. So you have Boyo Pongo. It's an alumni band doing Latin world music. From Honolulu. Well, you might imagine we're going to have some Hawaiian music in the lineup this year. You have Daniel Ho and his trio. Also a returning, a returning group from Olympia, Washington. We have Derek Nelson and family. Derek, Dalton, and Rihanna will be coming back. Nashville, Tennessee. Okay, so here we have the four all-girl, uh, I guess, quartet, Farewell Angelina, country music stars in Nashville. And also from San Francisco. Well, we have something called Hot Buttered Rum, a sort of a new age bluegrass uh, crossover style. From Brooklyn, New York, we have the returning alumni. That's the Hundertones, brass band from around the world. From Detroit, Michigan, my favorite town. Yeah, so we've got to have some hip-hop in here. So we have J.C. Caprice and Audio. Check them out. And from Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, so we have a fantastic hip-hop rock folk group called Casual. First-time band. They're going to be a hit. Wait, hip-hop, rock? Yes, they cross all those genres. The casual, Check them out. K-A-Z-U-A-L. Amazing. From Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Oh, so we have Lauren Talese in A Novel Idea, who just recently was featured in the uh, Newport uh, Jazz Festival. She'll and she's coming to D.C. for the she Year of Music. She is. She'll be featured uh, in September at the Smithsonian uh, Year of Music. Oh, fantastic. And, and she'll be on the podcast. Yeah, she better be. Right. She better be. Okay. We just got a special request to feature Lauren Talese in <laughs> A Novel Idea in this same studio on an upcoming podcast near you. Well, stay tuned. Uh, next door, M- Baltimore, Maryland. Nelly's Echo is coming in. So this is sort of hip-hop, bluegrass, funk rock. Nelly uh, is the lead of this group. He is a, a first-generation Nigerian immigrant, and you will be absolutely amazed by what Nelly's Echo will be able to do. Fantastic. Austin, Texas. Well, so we have to have a trio, a female trio from Austin, Texas, of course, and Nobody's Girl is going to be going out for us this year. 
Vineland, New Jersey. Vineland, New Jersey. What we have is the Paul Jost Quartet. This is sort of pure jazz right out of the American songbook. Uh, I can't wait to see what, uh, what, what this group will do. This is probably the group that is most like are sort of the, the jazz ambassadors of the, of the past. Brooklyn, New York. I think these guys are my, my favorites. Yeah, so what we have out of Brooklyn is a group called Rappalatia. They also have a name, Gangsta Grass, but we're going to be traveling with Rappalatia. And we think that might be a better term uh, for this particular program. But you have hip-hop and bluegrass in a uh, sort of inter-ethnic uh, trio that uh, is very uh, lively uh, rap uh, bluegrass type style music. And I got to say, you got to see to believe it. So, so look you them do. up on YouTube. <laughs> Uh, returning to the program is Revoiced. Yeah, so we have five young men, uh, all a cappella uh, singers, uh, alumni uh, musicians who've already traveled, I think, to more than 10 countries. We're bringing them back this year as well. They're from New York, New York. Mm -hmm. From Brooklyn, New York. Yeah, so we have a first-time uh, participant, Sam Ryder and the Human Hands. This is another uh, Grammy uh, nominee. Uh, who has got sort of a hot lightning sort of accordion uh, lead in a bluegrass Americana songbook type of uh, format. And for everybody who's wondering where Seth Lear is from, he is from East Hampton, Massachusetts. And he will be returning again this year with Kelly and Rachel. And finally, from Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Yep, representing the great city, Chapel Hill, North Carolina, not far from us, is Violet Bell. This is the first time uh, sort of singer-songwriter Americana folk uh, duet. And that is our slate for That's next year. And we don't know where they're going yet, but we're working on it.